I'm really excited for this new series. It's called Adulting. Hashtag adulting. How many of y'all, some days you wake up and you just don't want to be adulting on some days? Yes, we just want to just, uh, wouldn't it be nice sometimes just to go back to no responsibility, uh, just play and, and be carefree? Well, uh, the, the trouble is when we take that approach in our spiritual lives. And so uh, how many of you would say, I, I feel like babies are cute. You're a baby person. How many baby people are in the room? It's okay. We're not going to hate on you if you don't like babies. Okay, so we have some baby people in the room. It was funny. On Friday, I just felt like everywhere I was going, I was being, uh, I had the opportunity to hold babies. I just had babies in my arm all day. And it, uh, m- many of you know our youngest son, Jackson, is four. So we don't really have a baby at home. I, I shared a few weeks ago we got a puppy. So I think baby season is maybe past for us. We may be past uh, baby time. I turned 40 last year. So, you know, we'll see. But we have a puppy. But on Friday, it was like three different places that I went. I was handed a baby, and they were all baby girls, which we have three boys. So I, I don't know. I caught a little bit of, like, the fever. But I, I don't think Laura has the fever. So I, I don't think that's going anywhere. But Babies are cute, but how many of you know that grown-ups that act like babies, well, come on now, that's not cute. Come on. All of us, immediately, we pictured somebody. There was somebody that came to mind when I said, grown-ups that act like babies, don't say their name out loud, especially if they're in the room. Maybe it was a family member or a co-worker. That isn't cute. Am I right? I'm right. It's not cute when grown-ups are acting like babies. Well, We're going to, over the next four weeks, this series called Adulting, we're talking about spiritual maturity and spiritual development and spiritual formation. And I want to read to you a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, and he really called them out for acting like babies. They were acting spiritually immature. And here's what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. He said, when I was a child... I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And he wasn't talking to them strictly in the sense of physical maturity. He was talking to them about spiritual growth and spiritual development and spiritual maturity. And in essence, what he was saying to them is, you all are acting like babies, How many of you have ever said that to someone? You're acting like a baby. And Paul calls out this church for their lack of spiritual maturity. And here's one of the things that uh, is heartbreaking for me in in my role as as a pastor is that I know there, even on a day like this, there are people in this room today that maybe a year from now or two years from now may not make it for the long haul in their faith because the reality is, Many people begin to walk with Jesus, but far too few finish that walk, right? And it's not, it's not a sprint. It's not a short race. It's, it's a marathon. It's a marathon of living for God. And so, you know, I, I realize that, and my goal for us in this room is not just that we would live for Jesus today or that we would uh, have our lives impacted by God for today or this week or this month. But my goal for us is that we would live a lifetime of of being followers of Christ. Amen? 
that we would follow God for a lifetime. And not only that you would follow God, but that your children would follow God and that your children's children would follow God and that we would be not just fans of Jesus, but that we would truly be disciples, that we would truly be followers of Christ, that we'd be fully devoted to Jesus. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about different habits that we can apply to our lives that will help us to grow spiritually, that will help us not just to be in this race for the short term, but to make it for the long haul. How many of y'all are excited about that? Come on. I'm excited for this series. The series is called Adulting. We're going to read today from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. You can turn to it in your light-up Bibles, or if you have, look, I brought a real Bible to church today, people. This, they actually used to have these. This is a Bible, okay? Uh, I I just was excited to bring that up today. But if you have a real Bible or a a light-up Bible, which is also real, or if you have your sermon notes, it's also going to be on the screen. Let's read from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. This is one of Jesus' many parables. And uh, the thing about parables are they're just a simple story that, that Jesus would use to um, illustrate a, more, a deeper spiritual truth. So we are reading from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, and this is what it says. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. Side note, I've never really thought much about this, but I wonder if Jesus taught at the lake just so baptism was really easy, like convenient. I know hundreds of people are going to get saved today, so we're going to have a whole baptism service afterwards. That was a random thought. Sorry, my ADHD caught me. Verse 2, he taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. Say good soil. Say good soil like you mean it. Come on now. Good soil. That's good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Let's pray today as we begin today's message. It's titled, Go or Grow. Go or Grow. Let's pray. Jesus, we just pray that Everyone in this room would be a growing believer. Lord, help us to grow, God. Help us not to be stuck, Lord, in our spiritual development, in our spiritual journey. God, I pray that, uh, the, that we would be that good soil, God, that our lives would be that good soil, Lord, to produce a harvest, God, for you, God. I just pray every, every person in this room today, God, that we would be responsive to your word, that as we look to your word, God, that we would respond today that it would change us, that we would walk out of this place new, and, and Lord, that you would just do an incredible work in us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Well, how many of you all are would consider yourself to have a green thumb? Do we have any green thumbs 
in the room. That is scary. We Okay. So how many of you are like me and you would say, nope, I, I will like kill stuff if you put me in charge of it. Okay. So uh, here's the thing. I feel like you're either going to land on like, yeah, I'm really good with plants or you're like all the way other end of the spectrum. Like I'm no good whatsoever. If, if I'm in charge of like planting something and keeping it alive, you can count on it probably dying. Well, my wife Laura and I, over the course of our marriage, we've tried to start a garden a few times. And I can tell you that we've been very unsuccessful every time. I think we maybe have had a little bit of like, you know, a few things grow on occasion. But most of our plants end up dead. And here's the thing. It's not because we had bad seed. We, we got the right kind of seeds. We had the right type of uh, seeds to put in the ground. We got the good tomato seeds or the good zucchini seeds. We didn't, like, go cheap on the seeds. But the problem was our soil. Are you all with me so far? So if, if your soil isn't right, then you're, you're not going to have a very good garden. Are, are, you, are anybody else experienced this? So when we tried to plant our garden, there was a couple of things that were working against this one. We had like a, a hillside in our home that we were planting this garden out back, and it was a pretty steep hillside. So all of the water would run off. And so our garden wasn't getting enough water. And so I think that was year one. We realized that we're not, we don't have enough water. We're not going to grow a very good garden because of the water. And, and so in year two, we knew that we had to water the garden a little bit in order for it to grow. But you know, crops or, or plants or flowers, whatever you're trying to grow, they don't just need water. They need nutrients. And they get those nutrients from the soil. And so if you have weeds, what's going to happen? The weeds are going to take the nutrients. And here's what I can tell you. I'm not, I, I'm not a big fan of weeding the garden. And so in year two, we like had the water right, but we didn't have the, the ground right still because we weren't as diligent about pulling the weeds as we needed to be. Anybody here who's uh, driven by my house and seen my front yard recently, you would know that this is so true for us. We struggle. Our front yard right now is it's a wasteland. It looks like it's dry. It's parched. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But here's the reality. Laura and I, we are not very good at growing things. In fact, she brought a plant in from, uh, from our home that we bring into the lobby every week, and somebody commented on the plant, and she was like, yeah, I probably need to water it, and I made a passing comment that I think offended her. I said, yeah, it's all right. It's just going to die in a week or two anyway, and, and, and she's one of those people that believes that if you talk nice to the plants, the plant will live, and she's like, hey, it heard you, and I'm like, okay, well, it's going to die, so it doesn't matter, but, you know, if we don't care for the soil properly, Whatever it is we're trying to grow, whether it's a garden or a flower bed or some sort of crop, it's not going to grow. Even if you have the best seed, the soil care matters. And, and that's what Jesus is referring to in this parable today in Mark chapter 4. So, you know, the conditions have to be right for growth. And can I tell you the same thing is true for us in our spiritual lives as well. The conditions have to be right in order for us to grow spiritually. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about what, how do we create the conditions in our lives for spiritual growth. And here's the thing. In this parable, 
and we're going to kind of go back through it slowly. Jesus talks about four types of soil. And here's what we need to understand. The seed in this parable never changes. Okay, the seed is God's word. Let's say that. The seed is God's word. Let's say it again. The seed is God's word. So the seed in each of these different types of soil did not change. So it's good seed, right? How many of you know the word of God is a, it's good seed? You can't get any better seed. Like they're, they're doing so much in research and development in the agricultural landscape to develop the best kind of hybrid seeds. I, I got to tell you, there's no seed better than God's word. That it, It's good seed, but the problem that we see in this parable is with the soil. So what we see is that we have a soil problem and not a seed problem. Are you all tracking with me so far? Say, yeah. Yeah. So watch the way Jesus describes our hearts as he walks through this parable. He's talking about the spiritual condition of our hearts. And we, we begin in verse number, sorry, I'm flipping to it. I'm going to use my real Bible today a little bit. In verse number three, I'm sorry, in verse number five, it said, other seed fell on shallow soil. Say shallow soil. So, so oh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong verse. Don't say it. Unsay it. Verse number four, some of the seed fell on the footpath. Say the footpath. So here's the deal. If you walk over uh, the same stretch of ground over and over and over again, we've all seen this, right? It gets beaten down, right? And, and Jesus first describes this hard soil. And if you know anything about planting a garden, the first thing that you need to do is work up the soil, right? You've got to till the ground so that the seed can actually go into the ground. Well, Jesus is saying, the, the first type of heart is just a hard heart that the seed can't even get into. The seed won't even go into it because it's so hard. And what, what we need to understand is that in his context, in Israel at that time, we're talking about an agricultural society. They, they were used to, uh, they understood farming. They understood what it was to, to plant and to harvest and to have the right conditions. And one, one of the ways that they farmed in, uh, in this region at that time was in long strips of field. And between the strips of field, they would have a walkway in between to where you could move through the different sections of the field. Are you all tracking with me? Can you visualize it? And so they would have a long strip and, and then a path and then another long strip. And so the path was a literal thing that, uh, that, were, that took place in these fields where if the seed went on the path, the birds would just come and eat the seed. The seed wouldn't, wouldn't go into the soil. It was literally useless. And, and they wouldn't put the seed there intentionally. It would just fall there as they planted in the strips of the field. And so the seed that fell along the path became bird feed. Literally, Jesus says that the birds just came and took it and, and they ate it up. It became seed. And this is what I imagine this to be exactly like, as I mentioned before, my front yard right now. My front yard looks like a path. Because if you know my two oldest boys, Colin and Parker, they love football. And over the course of the winter, our front yard became their personal football field. And so they literally trampled our front yard to pieces. And by the time I realized what was happening, it was too late. 
And now we have like, I think, three little splotchy pieces of grass in our front yard. And uh, now it's getting hot, and so it's too late to plant new grass. But I've told the boys that as soon as we do that in the fall, no more football in the front yard. But that's what I imagined this pathway to have looked like. It was beaten down. It was trampled down. And Jesus said, the seed that falls here, it's no good. It's, it's literally useless. And here's the reality. Here's the reality. John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. Satan comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that we might have life and have it to the full. Can I, can I tell you this morning that we have a real enemy of our soul, that Satan literally is the enemy of our soul, and he really wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And there are things that can happen in our lives that can cause us to harden our hearts. Things like disappointment, things like unforgiveness, things like grief that we walk through that can very quickly cause us to turn our hearts hard. And, and Jesus says, a hard heart, I think you can write this down in your notes. I think there are uh, some bullet points there. A hard heart makes me spiritually blind. A hard heart makes us spiritually blind. You see, when our hearts are hard, we don't even recognize our own spiritual need. When we become hard-hearted, uh, we, we, we can't even see our own need. Many people, how many of y'all have ever tried to, like, have a spiritual conversation with somebody that you knew it was just going nowhere fast? Like, you, there was, like, blinders over the eye, uh, eyes of the individual that you were trying to share your faith with or you were trying to talk about something spiritual with? Have, have, anybody? Yeah. So when, when we have those types of situations where we're trying to talk about spiritual things, but the, the person that we're talking with is just completely shut off, that's spiritual blindness. Are you all with me this morning? That's a spiritual blindness. And so when our hearts are hard, it makes us spiritually blind. Now, in this parable, we, we read through the beginning section. And if, if you look at the whole story here, you can see that after Jesus told the parable to the crowds, the disciples were like, what, what was that all about? Like, riddle me this, Jesus. What's that really mean? And so if you read later on in Mark chapter 4, Jesus actually gave the explanation of the parable to the disciples a little bit later on in, in Mark 4. And this is what he said about this first type of heart. Mark chapter 4, verse 15. It's not, uh, it's not in your notes, but listen as I read. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Okay? So the seed that fell on the hard path it represents people that maybe they hear a spiritual message. Maybe they hear about the gospel. And Jesus in the beginning of the parable said that the birds of the air come and steal the seed. And when he, when he talked about the actual meaning of the parable to the disciples, what he said was the birds of the air is actually a representation of who? Satan. Who comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, let's look on at the next type of soil. The second type of soil that Jesus talked about is the shallow heart, which I read a moment ago in verse 5. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. 
But, listen to this, the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it did not have deep roots, it died. Can I tell you, we need deep roots in our faith. That we can, we can sprout up quickly, but only to be scorched by the sun if we don't get ourselves rooted deeply in our faith. And again, the audience, this is, a, this is an agricultural society, they understood this concept because there were places that they would plant in Israel that the, the topsoil looked good, but underneath of the topsoil, it was lime, it was rock. And so what would happen is they would plant and it would begin to take root and it would look like everything was gonna, going to grow fine. But then what they would discover is that underneath the topsoil, it was rock. It was a rock bed and that the plants actually could not get a deep root. And so when, when the sun came out and when they became scorched, there was nothing to pull from. And I've got to tell you, sometimes in our lives as believers, we, we come into those times of trial and testing, and our roots are shallow, and we need something deeper to pull from. And guess what? If our roots aren't, aren't already deep enough, it's too late to try and grow them deeper in that moment. Are you all with me? So Jesus said the second type of soil is shallow soil. It looks like it's good, but there's really no depth to it. And what, what I believe many times this looks like in, in our faith journey is it, it, it can often look like somebody that maybe makes an emotional commitment to God, but there, there's no substance to it, okay? And I've seen this time and time again in my time as, as a Christ follower with, within the context of the church. You see people, they come, they hear the message, they're excited, right? But it only lasts for a, a short period of time. And what happens is their roots don't get in deep enough. And when trials and testing and, and the cares of life come, they get scorched. Why? Because they're not rooted. Their roots are, are, are just miniature. They're, they're, they're not mature. They're not fully developed roots. And so the, what, how do we avoid that? Well, we, we have to be deeply rooted in God. And so it looks like going beyond just an emotional uh, decision to an actual full-fledged commitment. And look, the, the same idea is true in our relationships, right? I actually just had the privilege of officiating a, a wedding ceremony for Josh and Marissa last night, a couple uh, from our team. They just got married. And one of, one of the things that I know is that the emotion, the feeling of love right? Even with newlyweds, it, it can be short-lived. Hello? Like the feeling of love, the emotion of love, the like love is in the air type of feeling, the honeymoon period, that only gets you so far. Am I right? All the married people in the room know, right? At some point, you have to go beyond emotion to commitment, to like just full, like full on, like th this maybe doesn't this is not what I imagined today. This is not what I pictured today. But God, I'm committed to you today. And the same is true in our relationships. And, and so this shallow soil, oftentimes, it's a representation of somebody that maybe makes an emotional decision, but then they don't follow through with commitment. Because emotion only carries us so far. And, and so what it looks like is in order to get deeply rooted, 
we have to get beyond just making a decision to make Jesus our Savior. Hello? We have to actually make him the Lord and the leader of our lives. And when we do that and day by day and day after day, we decide to follow even when it it maybe doesn't look the way that we expected. We decide to follow maybe even when God asks us to do something uncomfortable. What happens in that process is your roots are going deeper day by day by day. Roots grow subtly, right? They don't grow uh, astronomically all at once, but a plant developing a deep root system happens little by little by little. And that's the same way it is for us spiritually. In our spiritual growth, it happens a little bit at a time. Making a decision to spend time in prayer today and then the next day. Spending time in his word. Spending time in in a, a church service. Spending time in a Bible study, right? These are decisions that cause us little by little by little to develop a healthy root system. And my prayer for us in this room today is that we would have a healthy root system, that our, wilts wouldn't, our, our roots wouldn't be immature, which would lead us to wilt under pressure and scorch like it talked about in the parable. Because here's the reality. Your trials can either knock you out or cause you to put your roots down deeper, right? The same, same situation that may cause one person to quit causes another person to grab hold and try all the harder. Well, why, why is that? We, that's the difference between someone who's going to be growing and developing and somebody that's going to wilt under pressure, right? The same trials that can cause you to, put, to quit will cause us to put our roots down deeper. And, and that's my prayer, that we would be people that would get rooted, that we would put our roots down and, and truly grow. Write this down in your notes. A shallow heart makes me spiritually immature. A shallow heart makes me spiritually immature. This is Jesus' explanation in Mark chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Again, he had to break this down for the disciples later on after this time of teaching with the crowds. And this is what Jesus said in Mark 4, 16 and 17. He said this, The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately they receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. And again, in this room, my prayer for everyone in the room is that we would be able to make it for the long haul, that we would last, that we would not just have a fleeting faith in God, but that we would, that we would have deep, deep roots that would cause us to live for God for a lifetime. Listen, he said, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing the word. And we've all known people like this at one point or another that have made maybe a decision to follow God, but then as soon as things became difficult, they walked away. They walked away. And I, I just need everyone in the room to know today, just because we follow God doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy. Right, But when the trial comes, that's when we need to grab hold even more and dig our roots in deeper. So Jesus said the second type of, of soil is, uh, is, is shallow and rocky soil. Next one. Next one. And I think 
many of us in the room will be able to identify with this today. Let's read from Mark chapter 4, verse number 7. Verse number 7, it says, Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain. Earlier I mentioned, you know, in year two of our garden, our failed garden, the reason our garden wasn't successful was because we weren't diligent about pulling the weeds, right? And the weeds would soak up the nutrients. They would soak up, you know, the good stuff that the plants uh, the, the plants needed, and the weeds are getting that good stuff. Now, how many of you have ever seen, like, a, a wild thorn bush, like, out in the woods somewhere? Do we have any woodly people? Some of y'all are like, I ain't even never been in the woods. I grew up in the Midwest, so I, I was used to, like, being in the woods, and, and it, would, it would be common to see, like, a very elaborate thorn bush in the middle of, of, of the timber. And here's the thing. The thorns literally are, like, they're soaking up all the water from the ground. Those thorn bushes are really good at pulling the water. And how many of you know water is essential, right? Water is essential for life. And the thorns take up all the water supply. So let's flip the script on this and think about in terms of spiritually what this means, like Jesus is saying here. He's saying the other seed fell on thorny soil where the thorns grew up and they did what? They choked the life out spiritually. They, they spiritually choked the life out because they're taking up all the good stuff that you need spiritually in order to grow. And so Jesus said the third type of soil, it's what I, I would like to call crowded soil. It's just crowded. You know, if, they're, if you don't space your plants out appropriately, I don't know because I can't grow anything, but I've heard that if you don't space them out appropriately, they're, they're going to be too crowded and they're not going to grow properly. They're going to be stunted, right? Is that right? Somebody that knows how to grow things. Is that right? Help me out here. Okay. So the thorns soak up all the water and they starve out the plant spiritually. Okay. So this is different than the person who is hard-hearted and just blows the blows the, the gospel off altogether. It's different than the person that has rocky soil and they start a little bit, but then they stop, right? This is, can I be honest? This is most of us in the room oftentimes. This is many of us in the room because, look, we're not talking about somebody who doesn't understand the gospel. We're not talking about someone who's spiritually blind. That was, that was the hard path. We're not talking about somebody who, maybe has just made a, deci a decision to follow God. Now, there may be some of us in the room that are, are maybe more in that category. We're talking about rooted plants. Hello? Plants with a root system. But the problem is the thorns come in and they begin to choke the life out. So what does that look like? What are those thorns? Well, listen to what Jesus said in verse number 7. He said, other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain. Listen to the explanation that he gives in Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Mark 4, 18 and 19, he said this. 
The seed that fell among the thorn represents people who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is, what's that word? Y'all aren't following along. Is it up there? Is it in your notes? Here we go. It's verse 18. Verse 19. All too quickly the message is crowded out. It's crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things so that no fruit is produced. In other words, Jesus says, what can choke the life out of us spiritually are these things, the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. Can I tell you that what can cause us to have a crowded soil in our lives is when we give first-rate attention to second-rate causes. It's basically a priority issue. When, when our priorities are out of alignment, all of a sudden we can allow our spiritual lives to be choked out. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Because our lives get too crowded. How many of you would agree that sometimes your life is too crowded? And can I tell you really what this is saying is that we need to make space for God in our lives. In order for us to grow spiritually, we've got we've to create space for God in our lives. Because what happens is we get busy with this and busy with that and busy with this important thing. But we become distracted from the most important thing. Hello? We become distracted from focusing on Jesus and growing in our spiritual walk. Our, our schedule maybe doesn't allow for it because we, we don't have control of our schedule. Our schedule has control over us. And so what we need to do if we're going to be growing people of faith is that we've got to create space. Can we just say this in the room? Make space. Make space. I, I just want to challenge all of us to make space for God. If we're going to grow, there's, there's, no, there's no better way to grow than to simply make space for God to speak into your life. You make space to read God's word. You make space to worship. You make space to pray. You make space for God to work in your life. Because when we make space, then God can cause us to be fruitful. You see, he said, Jesus said, the cares of life, the desire of wealth, these things can choke out the seed, which remember the seed was God's word. We need God's word in our life and we need to make space for it. Otherwise, we can starve spiritually. So fill, fill, in, uh, fill this in in your notes. It says, a busy heart makes me spiritually irresponsible. A busy heart or a crowded heart makes me spiritually irresponsible. In other words, I'm not, I'm not prioritizing my life in such a way that I can grow spiritually because I'm allowing other things to come in and take up the space that I know I, God needs space to work in our lives. He needs space to work in our lives. And, and so Jesus first tells us about these three types of soil that are not, not fruitful at all. The hard-hearted soil, the shallow soil, and now the crowded soil. And then he gets to the good part where he talks about the solution. What type of soil is it that actually is useful? What type of soil is it that produces 
a crop. And this is what he said in Mark chapter 4, verse 8. He said, still other seed fell on good soil or fertile soil. Look, my, my hope is that we would all in this room take steps toward becoming good soil or even, even more fertile soil. We can all grow in this way. So he said, some of it fell on good soil, and it came up and grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Look, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to be productive. Hello? We want to be productive. We want to be fruitful. Am I right? We want to, we want to do something of significance, yes? And, and Jesus kind of gives us the key here. He says the key to producing a harvest is accepting God's word. Listen to what he said in verse number 20 in Mark chapter 4. He said the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear, and catch this now, and accept God's word. So it's more than just hearing God's word. We have to go beyond hearing. We have to accept. He said, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times more than has been planted. I've got to tell you today that I'm believing that we would be good soil in this room and that we will see God produce a harvest through our lives here in our community that we, like, we maybe have not even fathomed what it looks like because it's 30 times, 60 times, 100 times more than what was planted. Hello? 100 times more than what was planted. Our team started with about 40 people. 40 times 100, that's a lot, right? I'm believing that God can, can produce something amazing through our lives, but in order for that to happen, he said the good soil not only hears the word, but it also does what? accepts the word. It hears and accepts. Listen to what James, the, uh, James, the brother of Jesus, wrote in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 23. He said, if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. Interesting. He said, if you, if you listen to the word, but you don't accept it, or James says, obey. If you listen without obedience, it's like the person who looks in the mirror. And after looking, walks away forgetting what they've seen. <laughs> 